next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Who dat? And welcome back to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as usual, Brendan Ertle. I'm alongside my co-host, the great Nate Williamson. Nate, what's up? What's going on, everybody? I hope you enjoyed your bye week. It was a nice, relaxing week for me. Um, I watched a little bit of football, but I tried to take a break, a mind break, like the Saints probably did. Stay away from football for the week. But how was your bye week? Pretty much watched Red Zone on Sunday. Uh, I was at work the other days, so I wasn't really watching a lot of the like midweek stuff, but you know, just keeping tabs here and there more following. Uh, I was actually, I've watched a lot of soccer this week, so that was kind of a nice change of pace, but you know, it'll be nice to be back with the boys in black and gold here this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Two kinds of football, um, football and football. I am. All I was both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was keeping, only thing I was really doing was keeping tabs on the division uh, I watched the Carolina game play for play um, because that's at, that's our next opponent. And I was close. It's a close game. Um, but of course, we always start with the division. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're looking hot. They're looking real good. Uh, they beat the Green Bay Packers and it wasn't close. Uh, in the beginning of that game, it was 10-0 Packers. And I was like, okay, uh, Green, Tampa Bay might drop this one and 38 straight points for the Bucks. And they sit at four and two and they're back at uh, number one in the division. Uh, we thought after the loss of the Bears, they might drop a couple. But they're, Tom Brady, they're right back in that number one that number one spot. And the Saints got to win to get that spot back. And, of course, they had their bye week, but they sit at number two. Uh, Carolina lost a really close game to the Bears, 23-16, in a game where I was super unimpressed about just the whole team and um, I thought Teddy played all right, but he made some costly turnovers. You could argue what wasn't his fault. Uh, so they're third in the division at three and three. And the Falcons uh, destroyed, I'll say, the Minnesota Vikings 40-23. And uh, quietly, I was voting for the Falcons in this game just because the rumors of Matt Ryan uh, maybe being his last year with the team or whatnot, whatever you want to say. Um, I don't want them even getting close to Trevor Lawrence. I do not want him in the division. I don't want the, any good quarterbacks from this year's draft on that team. So if they can get a couple wins here and there, I'm fine with that. Uh, or your thoughts on the division this week? Yeah, I honestly, I think the biggest thing was that uh, Tampa Bay game against Green Bay, the Battle of the Bays, if you prefer. Um, I don't mean my current girlfriend versus my ex-girlfriend, but <laughs> it was just insane. Like, I was not expecting that scoreline in either direction, truthfully. And if I did, I thought it would be Aaron Rodgers just going absolutely ham and, you know, torching what we thought coming into the season, or at least I thought was a average at best, a very young, a very new secondary for Tampa Bay. You know, they've got some guys on that defense, but compared to the offense, it's just not 
quite uh, up to the standard of what we thought coming into the season they would be like. But, man, they played their lights, uh, their eyes out. They played lights out against Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Aaron Jones and that entire team uh, and really shut them down. And I think a lot of that goes back to Bruce Arians, and that was a really, really well-coached game uh, by the entire Tampa Bay staff. But Green Bay just looked bad. They looked nothing like the team that the Saints beat or this that beat the saints, excuse me, that would have been awkward, but, and you know, sometimes you'll have that during a season, you know, the saints beat Tampa Bay early in the season and now they don't look like anything like they did um, either. So, you know, it's, it's a ride and this season, especially with no preseason and not a lot of ramp up time for chemistry purposes and everything, it's going to be a roller coaster. And we're already starting to see that as the bye weeks come into play and everything. So, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Carolina came out super flat, did not look good at all. Um, and I guess the Bears are just having a way with the NFC South. They just start doing what they want to do. Um, and, you know, it's it's definitely not surprising. I don't think the way that the conference is unfolding, aside from Atlanta. You know, we thought Atlanta would be right up there with uh, New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Um, and, you know, much to our happiness as Saints fans and as Saints commentators, they are not anywhere near that. Um, but like you said, we really kind of do hope that they pick it up because we do not want to see Trevor Lawrence uh, wearing those god awful, hideous pieces <laughs> of garbage bag looking Atlanta jerseys. Uh, they're awful. And you can't tell me otherwise. Anybody listening to this wants to fight me about it, feel free. But yeah, I just. Man, I really hope he doesn't end up there. And I really hope that they don't get any of these other solid guys that still need a year uh, mm -hmm. and could sit behind Matt Ryan for a year, because that would be trouble for the NFC South for a while in the um, age that the NFC South is in is the age of elderly quarterbacks, you know, Tom Brady, mm -hmm. Drew Brees, other than Teddy Bridgewater. And um, yeah, so, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting because if Atlanta can, I don't want to say play themselves into a top pick, but definitely play themselves into a top pick. The draft becomes a whole lot scarier for the NFC South because that team is good. And that's the reason I don't think they'll end up there. I know we talk about that just about every week, but how surprising is their season? Their trajectory is weird. Head coach is gone. Uh, it's time for a fresh start. And usually with a fresh start, will come a fresh quarterback. You know, they're talking about trading Julio. I just, Fire I sale. do not see why you would trade Julio even in a fire sale, you know, like I, I fully endorse getting him out of the division. That's fine. You know, whatever, do what you got to do Atlanta. Just open your Chick-fil-A on Sundays for Pete's sake. Come on now. I know, uh, but I'm looking at the bears actually. And they've, they are three and O against the NFC South so far. Mm -hmm. They've helped us more than a any lot. team. They've helped us more than we've helped ourselves. Honestly, and we have them coming up after Carolina looking a week ahead. Um, that's not going to be a pushover game because they've played well against NFC South teams. I, it's, it's weird because I said played well, but literally they, they don't look at it all and they just find a way to win these games. Even when they beat Tampa Bay, they didn't look good. Um, but I won't get too far into that. Um, we were actually going to record this podcast yesterday, and I'm super glad we did not because we got tons of news today. And... Um, News late yesterday about uh, seating in the Superdome. And this is super exciting news. Um, the mayor finally, um, I, I don't want to say she gave in because she really didn't. But for this week's game, we get 3,000 fans in the Superdome, which is literally nothing. It's um, like less than 3% of what uh, there, there should be in that stadium. Um, but we're moving forward. 
and they agreed on doubling up uh, fans for the next few weeks. So against San Francisco in, uh, let's see, two weeks after this, they'll be in the Dome again against the Niners. They will have 6,000 fans, and the week after that, they'll also have 6,000. And when Kansas City and Minnesota comes in, they get to 15,000, and that will be the cap for the regular season, which kind of sucks. It's sad. Um, I know some fans wanted to see uh, the Saints and uh, Baton Rouge playing in the Tiger Stadium with more than 25,000 fans, but I know the Saints for sure didn't want to do that uh, because you kind of take the home element away from playing in Baton Rouge because you're taking a bus an hour or so and you're traveling back. Um, yes, you got the fans on your side, but it's just something they didn't really want to do. And of course they wanted to be in that Superdome playing at home. Um, but we knew the fans wouldn't be too big of an impact this year, which sucks um, with all the circumstances the Saints are in. This is kind of their last push and the fans they would love to have. But adversity strikes and um, looking at these past three years, uh, the bright spot for the Saints is these first five games. Uh, I don't think they've had a worse five game stretch in these past three or four years alone. And they've had maybe their worst five-game stretch, and they are sitting at three and two, with the potential to be still first in their division with great playoff odds, and they're getting Michael Thomas back. Um, I'll talk about the injury report here in a second. But last thing is, Christian McCaffrey will probably be a no-go. Ninety-five point eight percent chance he doesn't go, um, which is a good thing for the Saints. Uh, I love to see that guy healthy, but he is too talented. He's always finds a way to get 100 100 or something like crazy stats like that so he won't go but mike davis has been playing well for carolina uh but what are your thoughts on uh 3, fans in the superdome you know i am one of those fans that would have absolutely loved to see the saints go up to baton rouge and play in tiger stadium i it wouldn't have been the first time it's happened but it would have been the first time in recent memory um and it would have been really cool but that is just like 50% of me saying that. And the other 50% is on the train of, you know, probably not a good thing in the state of Louisiana, which is already struggling so bad with COVID, you know, whatever side of that argument you fall on, you know, just it, to me, morally having like that many people in one place is just kind of like, what, a, like, I don't think that's the best idea, but if people want to do that, you know, that's fine. This is America for a reason, but yeah, I, I don't think the Saints ever wanted to do that. I think you're right. I think they would have bluffed their way into as low of a number as they had to where they could allow more fans in and allow fans in. You know, if that had come down to 3,000, 4,000 fans, I think they probably would have agreed to that along the way because, I mean, they played a hard bargain. You know, that they make a lot of money, you know, not just in the Superdome, but for everything for the city and for the state as a whole. And to lose them to, you know, LSU, where you're not getting all that money to the city of New Orleans would have been a huge deal. Um, so they really did have the upper hand. And I shout out to Mrs. Benson and that staff because they played that hand like they're playing Texas Hold'em on the uh, championship circuit on TV because they did really well. Um, you know, it's not a lot of fans and I still am pro decibel test. I think you should have to pass a decibel test uh, mm -hmm. to be loud enough to be allowed in. Uh, but, you know, we're on the right track. And I think overall, there is a lot of talk about, you know, as a country, the numbers are spiking and everything. But um, that was always going to happen when the winter came. And, you know, it's probably something that we're going to have to live with forever. 
Uh, so it's encouraging to see us at least to be able to safely get back on track in some ways. Uh, and, you know, I'll be hoping and praying it comes out safe so we can keep growing those numbers. I uh, hope everybody's super responsible. If you're lucky enough to go to the game, be responsible. Uh, just do what they tell you. I know you might not like it, but uh, mm -hmm. just just do it. Just be a good human. You know, we got to do it sometime. So uh, except for me, I never am a good human. Friend, but, you know, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I think we're on the right track overall. And Christian McCaffrey not playing is the best thing that could have happened to the Saints this week uh, to finish that second part. But I love the guy. I hope he can come back soon. Just not this week. Yeah, if you're one of the 3,000 uh, season ticket holders that get picked for this game, honestly, just go buy a lottery ticket because mm -hmm. the odds are not in your favor. I know my family has season tickets, and we decided to forego those for this season. And I know there aren't a ton of season ticket holders left that are staying for the season. But if you get those tickets, go to the game, cheer loud. They're going to need you. I think they still get the 70 decimals of fake noise. Mm -hmm. So plus the 3,000 crowd noise. I'm just doing math here. But um, it's going to be a little bit more than what we've seen in the past. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the COVID going on. Uh, before the season, I had a – COVID specialist come onto the show and personally after talking to her I didn't think there was going to be a season I thought after a few weeks it would go downhill and we've had moments where it's like we have little freakouts with the Titans um, today with the Raiders a little freak out with the offensive line um, but it hasn't been anything league changing where they've had to pause the league or they've delayed games a day or two but it's been nothing too crazy so I'm just thankful that we have football 3,000 fans sucks. We're missing 87,000 of those fans, but just thankful we get to have football. And um, staying on that health page, uh, maybe one of the most positive injury reports we've had from the Saints this season, honestly. Besides week one, this has been the most positive injury report, and it hasn't even been that good. Um, I want to talk about a few of these players a little bit in depth after, but Janoris Jenkins, he posted on Instagram, uh, I quote, back like I never left, who dat? So uh, he was a full participant today. So he is back. We get the Jackrabbit and Marshawn back. Um, I can't even remember the last time they played together. But, yeah, that is a huge thing that we get He's both those guys back. He's been our best corner this season. So that, Easily. that is gigantic. Easily. I and, hadn't heard that one yet, so that's news to me too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, full participant as well was Deontay Harris, who is also big getting back uh, for that kicking game. But Marquez Callaway is right there too. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't able to go, I think Callaway could have stepped in and done great. But Deontay, we love to get back. Another part of the offense, uh, Justin Hardy, one of the main such teamers, was limited. Michael Thomas, who we will get into uh, after this, was limited. Teron Armstead did not practice. It was a hand injury. This isn't too major. We still think we'll be able, he'll be able to go next week. He played with that hand injury last week or two weeks ago, and he had a wrap on that hand. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to assume, but I assume it's uh, just precautionary to have him out. There's no point of him practicing. Nick Easton, Benny Fowler, and JT Gray all did not practice as well. So honestly, this injury <clears throat> report, it makes me happy. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good one. Um, but the main concern here is Michael Thomas. Yeah, um, that's definitely a, a big concern uh, because we know what he can do. We know uh, this season, I think they really need him maybe more than ever. Um, so, you know, Armstead would probably be a bigger loss at this point for me than, you know, Thomas would sitting out another week because we've seen, you know, Sanders steps up with there's a, there's ways to scheme it, especially thanks to one Alvin airhead Camara, where we can just do 
um, the offense in a good way, but Mike Tom is such a big part of that offense, but nothing bigger than one of your starting tackles, one of your starting all pro, all everything, all universe tackles that are both so good. Um, and, you know, I think he'll probably go, you know, we'll see him do like a Marcus Davenport with his hand all kind of like wrapped up, clubbed up. Uh, and yeah, man. And speaking of Marcus Davenport, uh, <laughs> great game last week. I was actually very happy with his impact. I didn't know if we talked about that or not, but anyway, got to throw that out there. But yeah, hopefully Mike Thomas can go. Uh, I think limited for him means, hey, I'm coming back, whether you like it or not, Sean. Yeah. So uh, I think we'll see him uh, go. Knock on wood. I hope we do. Yeah, I have Davenport in um, all caps in my notes. I definitely wanted to touch on him in a bit. For those who don't know, uh, Michael Thomas um, has had the anchor injury, of course, but today they added a hamstring onto the injury uh, list, which um, could mean a few things. I have some conspiracy theories. This isn't a report. Don't quote me on this. Uh, but two weeks ago when Michael Thomas got in that fight, he took to Twitter and he said um, he had a setback during practice. Uh, we didn't know what that setback was, and we can assume that he was pushing the ankle too much because he said he wasn't healthy. He said he was hurting. Um, when you tend to have ankle injuries, you um, kind of rely on uh, other parts of your body more. So maybe he pulled that hammy and it didn't feel good, or it could have been a new thing today where he hurt his hamstring. Uh, we don't know. And uh, when you see Nick Underhill and Cat Terrell be at practice, they get 15 minutes uh, to see those guys. And they said they saw Michael Thomas for a little bit and they left the field. And uh, Nick Underhill said that he brought an extra pair of shoes. Um, I'm going to get really conspiracy theory here, uh, but I don't know if those were cleats or like train shoes, but I can, I want to assume that Michael Thomas was limited because um, got a little bit of practice. He's Michael Thomas doesn't need too much of practice. Um, Allen Iverson practices for the week, uh, but he probably, I want to say he got that, he got extra work off the side in like a training room or something. So maybe slipped on some tennis shoes and went to go stretch out the ankle. But yeah, I definitely think he'll play in this week's game. Um, if he comes in and offense is like uh, white bread and it's amazing, um, it just shows how important Michael Thomas is to this offense. And I think um, when when we knew Michael Thomas was going to miss some weeks, our initial thoughts was like, okay, Mayo Sanders is going to be great. Trey Quanson is going to be great. I'm not too happy with what they got done with those guys. I think Sanders got um, a really good groove with uh, Drew Brees, but Jared Cook needs to be in the offense more. Uh, Traquan Smith had one good game, uh, kind of went off um, a little bit last week, but uh, there was times, or two weeks ago, excuse me, but there were times in that game when Drew was just throwing to Benny Fowler with routes that would have been Michael Thomas routes, and it just looked ugly, so... I mean, I want to assume that when Michael Thomas gets back, this offense is going to start humming, but we want him back healthy, of course. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the problem with Benny Fowler is, you know, we expect him to come in and be a Saints receiver. We expect him to come in and be, you know, good hands, great hands. Uh, and he, he's got some drops. Uh, he's got some good catches, some good plays, of course, too, uh, that we can't overlook. And nobody is going to come in and be Michael Thomas. But, you know, Traquan and uh, Emmanuel Sanders both had about one good game, I would argue, each. Uh, and, you know, that just doesn't replace someone like Mike Thomas, who is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, I, I just – and they never were going to. And I was guilty of this. I think we probably had 
a little bit too high of hopes. Uh, that being said, if they can play a complimentary two, three, and four to Mike Thomas's one, uh, this offense becomes absolutely terrifying. And if you have a game down the road where Traquan goes off or where Emmanuel Sanders goes off uh, and Mike Thomas going off, the Saints might put up 50 points on uh, <laughs> one of these teams. You know, the defense might let up 60, but, you know, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> offense yeah, and, wins games, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. And that, that's been uh, one of the struggles. Uh, yeah, they've been putting up uh, 28, 30, 35 points, um, but it's been like ugly points. Like it's been drives mm-hmm. that didn't look very pretty. We're used to the Saints offense being super beautiful, these methodical long drives where it's like, okay, everything's going for us. The offense line's destroying. We got perfect passes, but it's like, it's like dink and dunk, a little bit ugly trying to get down the field. Um, it's not pretty. I think, uh, of course, Michael Thomas is a big part of that. But it feels weird because uh, Carlton Davis did a great job against Michael Thomas week one. And uh, just the way that game played out, there wasn't a lot of opportunities in offense for the Saints, even though they almost scored 41 points. Um, but like I said, that it's the 41 points that they could have scored were kind of ugly. They ended up getting 34. Um, but we're sitting here. Uh, with Carolina, who, with a defense that's not very good, uh, they've played well in games. Uh, we could maybe see Eli Apple's debut in Carolina. Um, he's been in- inactive for a couple of weeks. I don't know if he's hurt or he's just bad. <laughs> I assume it's the bad part. But I'd love to see Michael Thomas get his first week back against Eli Oof. Apple, former teammate. <laughs> oh, former teammate on two levels, right? Yeah, Both at Ohio yeah. state and the saints. That's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be a lot. Of fun. Not for Michael Eli Thomas Apple, but it'd be a lot of fun for us. I'm sure they've gone up against each other in practice numerous times Yeah, at Ohio state and, um, in New Orleans, of course. Truthfully, so. I wonder how Apple would stand up. I know we make fun of Eli Apple, you know, all that, all that drama and everything with him and everything. But, you, you know, when you've seen a guy as much as he's seen Michael Thomas, it could be interesting uh, to watch them and see if Mike maybe has to switch some things up, see if Sean maybe has to draw some different things up. Uh, it could be interesting. So I, for one, am pulling for him to play for sure. Being honest, I was an Eli Apple supporter last year. I thought uh, the, he played well in a few games, and I, I he was did. supporting he had him. Some I was defending too. him. Yeah, I was defending him, but uh, there was a reason they brought in Janoris Jenkins, mm-hmm. and he got uh, sat on the bench and hasn't really found a groove yet. Uh, got a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders that fell through, and then he's with the Panthers and hasn't done anything anything with them yet. Um, but let's get about like the main topic. Teddy Bridgewater's first return to New Orleans. Uh, our quote unquote future was Teddy Bridgewater. That didn't end up happening. Um, his return to New Orleans, his first game against the Saints. I'm really excited to play him. And I always want the best for him. But I hope mm-hmm. we just lock him down this game. I am too. I hope the secondary locks him down and we get some nice gentle easy sacks because if the saints were to hurt him my heart would break because that would be so sad for everybody involved really uh i i love teddy you know it's hard not to you know he brought something so different and i wouldn't have mind seeing him as the future but you know sometimes you just got to move on uh, and make a business decision but uh if 
when we do have fans in attendance, you know, if that all works out and everything's good, they damn well all better be on their feet when that man mm-hmm. takes the field because he helped us out so much last season. I can't even begin to describe it. You know, if we hadn't had him, we're running, te- we're running Taysom Hill at quarterback for five, six games. And uh, even as a Taysom Hill stand, don't like the way that looks. <laughs> nope. And if you remember uh, Teddy's first real um, kind of game action, his first touchdown with the Saints was against Carolina. Yeah. So lots of connections here. So it's a um, lot of storylines, as is so common. I feel like the NFC South is crazy with storylines. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I was one of the people who thought he could maybe be the guy after Drew Brees. Um, I thought Drew, like Drew Brees would end up retiring by now, but yeah, he's still here, still here slinging it. Um, but Teddy, um, uh, looking back on the trade when we traded for Teddy Bridger, where he sent a third round pick to Carolina, um, looking back on it, even if, if, if it was just a um, insurance for Drew, I still would have done it. And like mm-hmm. you look at what he did, even though we couldn't get him long term, I still would have done that again. Uh, we it probably will get a comp pick back for him. Uh, we don't know. The NFL always finds a way to screw us, but uh, could get a third round pick back for him. And he helped us put it, put ourselves in position to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but obviously couldn't get that done. We're sitting here uh, against Teddy Bridgewater. And I, I love Teddy. I love Teddy. But I think this is the first quarterback they're facing that doesn't have amazing, deep, strong arm strength. A uh, guy like Herbert, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers can just sling it with ease. I feel like that's not Teddy's game, and I feel like that's been the hard part for the Saints' defense. Secondary, in particular, is stopping the deep pass. Uh, Mike Williams had a great game against them. Um, I think that'll be key. Robbie Anderson has found leaky, leaky has done leaky, leaky routes where he just is wide open. So they got to do a really good job on Robbie. Uh, but I think this is their game to have a statement, and it starts with the D line and Davenport. I definitely want to touch base on Davenport and Trey. But um, defensive line's playing real well. Yeah, they've looked really good last game. And, you know, Trey has looked good uh, for a long time in this season. He's looked really, really solid. And you got to be happy with how he's been producing, especially, you know, coming back from an injury and, you know, all these factors that seem to be rooting against him. Uh, and I literally saw on Twitter people saying we should trade him. And that made me angry. So if you're one of those people, don't be. But uh, yeah, and Davenport coming back, you know, I and you can go back two, three weeks in this podcast and find different times where I have made fun of Marcus Davenport all the way from the left side of the board to the right side of the board. And I will be the first to admit he had a huge impact last game, you know, opposite Cam Jordan sliding in and he looked good. He looked good. He didn't look like he was too pegged down by that injury. And I think them, you know, giving him more time to come back and really make those or try knock on wood and make those two first round picks we spent on him worth it. Uh, because man, we could have packaged up and gotten Lamar Jackson. We could have gotten just about any, but I digress anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, he looked good. He had a huge impact, uh, mad shout outs and props to him. I hope he can stay healthy because when he's been healthy, he's been a force, uh, in between him, Cam and Trey, that is a pretty nasty front with those guys mm-hmm. they have behind them rotating in that can make some impacts too. 
Uh, you know, and if they're going to make a deep playoff push or a playoff push at all where they're at in the season, that's still a question. You never know with the NFC being so good and having so many solid teams and a tough ass schedule coming up. That is going to be the big factor is that defensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if before the season we had the, um, the crazy clowny couple weeks where the saints were trying to get clowny. And I forgot if you asked about me, all that. If you asked me that week, would you take Clowney or Trey Hendrickson? 99 times out of 100, I would have said Clowney. Mm-hmm. And you know what it's looking like? Trey Hendrickson is playing so much better than Clowney mm-hmm. right now. And Clowney's getting all the looks in the world. He, I don't know why he can't get a sack. I still would have loved to have Clowney on the team. I, I think he would have done great. Uh, but he just he can't get sacks. He's finding himself in the injury report this week. Don't know if he'll go. Uh, but Trey Hendrickson's sitting here on a contract year with four and a half sacks leading the team. And uh, with Davenport back, that's even that much bigger because uh, they, they actually filtered him in just a little bit. He only had 15 snaps, but in those 15 snaps, I believe he had four pressures and he was double teamed a lot on those four pressures. And um, he also created four pressures for his other teammates, meaning like he uh, took up blocks and they were able to go get him. But one play in particular, I think he you could say that he won them the game and it was a late pressure by Davenport who hit Justin Herbert in perfect timing. And Mike Williams was wide open. It would have been a 50 plus yard touchdown. Lattimore got beat on a double move and it was, a, it would have, if Davenport wasn't there, I'm sure Justin Herbert could have gotten it there. And we're sitting here at two and three. There's tons of things that could have happened in that game, but we're sitting here in two at three, but thankfully we're not. And we're sitting here at three and two and we're finally somewhat kind of sort of healthy and I think if they don't come out this week and look good I'm not gonna say great if they look good I'll be pleased but if it's a dog fight and they don't play well and they're hurting themselves and their big plays are happening um, just not much confidence there Um, I don't know if they'll be buyers the trade deadline I think uh, coming up in a few weeks um, there's definitely some names out there that could be interesting for them if they need help in the back end or um, anywhere else. But like, as I say that it's like, what could you go out and get? Because you got the guys in the building who um, have played well. I mean, we look at the training camp, we were talking about talking about this before the show and training camp. These guys were the talk of the training camp. They were the best unit on the field. And now we're looking at, and they're the worst and their liability. Malcolm Jenkins isn't playing the best. Marcus Williams, um, we always loved his coverage abilities. His coverage hasn't been very good. PG Williams has been uh, dog crap as usual, but uh, one of the bright spots is Patrick Robinson and we're getting Jack Rabbit back who has also been a bright spot. So hopefully they can put it together this game and somewhat lock down the Panthers and get their fourth win the season, get back on top of the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and you know, as weird as it seems with such a tough schedule coming up, this really does feel like a game that the saints need so bad. And, you know, I think to your point about whether or not there'll be buyers, of the tread line, it is going to come down to health. And I, I think it comes down a lot to is Marcus Davenport healthy and ready to go. Um, and can the cornerbacks room and the safety room finally find out where their heads are? Because even Marcus Williams, who I am super high appraise on, I think he's good, uh, has not looked good. And at times he's looked bad. Um, but 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, and we'll find out, I guess. That's why I'm so excited for Sunday. You know, get back into it. It was a nice week off. Let's do it again. Yeah, I've had tons of people on Twitter say, why don't the Saints bring in Earl Thomas? And I'm like, okay, would he start over Malcolm Jenkins? Is he better than Malcolm Jenkins right now? Probably. Uh, Do they need another guy who's been a locker room problem? No. And I've gotten too many tweets today about the Saints bringing Antonio Brown Dear God, don't let that happen. People will not stop. That'll be not a good relationship with Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown. And Michael Thomas just needs a nice, relaxing locker room uh, where he doesn't have people coming at his head and uh, hopefully he doesn't throw any more punches this year. But we definitely... don't even know if Antonio Brown is any good anymore. <laughs> we don't know. Like, oh God, people are so stupid. I, I, I can't even I, – I thought we would have been halfway into the season saying – Antonio Brown is not going to come into the league this year. And the second we get close to the week eight, when he can come back, it's like Antonio Brown, Seahawks, who else is interested? It's like, come on. Like, come sure. On. Send him to the Seahawks. Destroy that locker room. Mm-hmm. I don't care. That's fine. Be a, be a headache for Pete Carroll and company. I don't care. Good, good. Do it. Yeah. They, they've had great they look success. freaking good right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. They look really good. You look, you look at just the name base and having Antonio Brown, and the Seahawks is kind of scary. But you just never know how things can implode on you, like Earl Thomas in Baltimore. So, I mean, um, another thing I, w- I wanted to touch base on is how disappointed, not really disappointed is not the right word, but I haven't been happy with uh, the rookie play and how much they've been able to play in just in general snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Zach Bond get a few snaps against the Chargers. On He's the only end. got like 18 or something yeah. the whole year. I don't know if that's even counting special teams because he's he's played a lot of special teams. But I just think it's hard for him to find a role in the team. I knew coming into the season, uh, we all were saying it's going to be hard to make the roster for a rookie. And getting these three guys are going to all going to have impact. And Adam Trotman has had one catch. And I know he's been a good blocker, but he's been inactive for a game-healthy scratch. Um, we saw Andrews Pete go down. And Cesar Ruiz didn't step in. I don't know what the problem is there. I know he's a rookie. And we are super blessed with Eric McCoy, who came in as a rookie and was phenomenal. Um, rookie centers don't usually come in and just are lights out like he was. Um, great second year by him so far. But maybe it's just Caesars taking the rookie way, uh, taking slowly, learning slowly. Uh, Nick Easton's uh, did not practice with the concussion. I don't know if he'll be able to go this week. So just getting more of um, reliability for Cesar Ruiz. Uh, I thought when he's played, he's been pretty good. I don't know what happens at practice if he's missing assignments or jumping off sides or what he's doing. We can't really see much of practice, but I want to see more from the rookies moving forward, whether it's just a package for Adam Trotman um, or whatnot. And I I completely forgot to touch base on Kiko Alonso coming back from Mm -hmm. Pup and Ty Montgomery coming off from IR. I think Ty Montgomery coming off IR is good. Um, he's not going to get much playing time, maybe a few special team snaps, like one carry game or something. But Kiko could be huge just because the play from Alex Angeloni hasn't been the best. Yeah, it really hasn't. And Kiko, when called upon, has been a really reliable guy for this defense uh, that so badly needs reliability right now. It's just not been pretty in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so really, really hoping that they could pull it together and, you know, um, that he can come in and say, hey, look, guys, 
this is a team that's built to win a Super Bowl, and this is a defense that's been built over years to win a Super Bowl. You know, technically, you could say it all started back with Cam Jordan. And, you know, it's just one of those things you need a leader, and, you know, who better to do that than a linebacker who's got plenty of experience and plenty of potential and ability uh, you know, to step up and lead the way again. Uh, and, you know, it, it, I'm not expecting to be the Abraham Lincoln of this team. You know, I, I, he doesn't need to be that leader, but it, it wouldn't hurt to have some form of some veteran talent come back into a team that's been struggling and kind of shake them up, say, hey, look, uh, something's got to give. We got to be better because our offense is still putting up even when they look horrible, they're still putting up 30 points. So uh, Kiko could be a really, really big uh, addition to come in uh, and help Demario Davis lead the defense for sure. Yeah. I I can almost guarantee that the saints are among the league lows and amount of snaps that they've played with three linebackers, three real linebackers on the field at the same time. Um, I saw Caden Ellis for a few plays against Tampa Bay. haven't seen him since. And I can, uh, I'll bet that Chauncey, Chauncey Garner Johnson has played the most strong time linebacker for them throughout the whole season. And um, I know if Kika comes back 100% healthy, uh, I still don't think they'd play a lot with three linebackers. I think he would take Anzalone's spot. But just being able to have the flexibility to have uh, three linebackers on the field, even if uh, it's not really their game plan, um, I think Kiko and Demaro Davis are a great duo. And when Kiko came in, Last year, he made some big time plays and some big time moments, and he caused some he's got caused some turnovers. Had a couple tackle for losses, and he he's an impact player, and he's not he's not one of the five stars on the defense, but he's one of the main guys that won't make bad mistakes. Um, Alex Anzalone's caused um, turnovers to be wiped off the board with flags, uh, missing run fits and things like that. I think Anzalone's a good little linebacker, but. Um, like Ricky Jackson said, they have linebacker, special teams linebackers playing linebacker besides Demar Davis. And I, I hate to say it, but I think Anzalone, uh, his ceiling right now is kind of special teams. But he, he makes some plays now and then. But uh, you just want to see Kiko Alonso in there and healthy. He didn't show up with an injury report. I have no idea what that means. Uh, they designated him to return to practice today. I don't know if he practiced. I don't know if he's on the roster yet. Um, all those uh, things need to process and whatnot. Um, even if he plays this week, probably won't see a huge role from him after coming off a ACL tear, but just getting all these guys back on the defense healthy. I think that would be great. Um, get a little role for Zach Bond going and need some better play from, uh, Malcolm Jenkins and, uh, just communication wise, everything. I hope they took this bye week to fix the communication issues, fix the coverage issues, I uh, hope PJ Williams was on his iPad watching uh, how to run cover two multiple times. Love <laughs> PJ, but can't have that happen. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. He needs to hit the books. A lot of guys on this team need to hit the books. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, we'll see if they have, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, if the Saints win this game, they'll be first in the division. If they lose, they'll drop down to three. And it's not looking very good from them for here on out. They got the Bears, which is a winnable game. But after that, they got the Bucks, they got the Niners, they got the Falcons twice, they got a talented young team in the Broncos, they got the Chiefs, Vikings, and they got the Panthers again. And um, if you're looking at a Saints team who's, uh, if you're looking at the first five weeks, I don't know if there's a lot of wins in that. And in, in just looking at it, looking at it like that. But if they come out and play really well against Carolina, I think that'll change the views of a lot of Saints fans 
and a lot of the mass media on just to quiet down. Michael Thomas is back. They'll be just fine. But I, I personally think they'll, they'll find a way to get a, a win in this game. I hope they offense is clicking on all cylinders. Hope they can get Michael Thomas going. I know the first 15 plays are scripted, and I know a few of those huddles will be like Michael Thomas on one, ready break. And I, I just uh, they'll find ways to get him the ball early, and uh, I think he'll have a great game. Yeah, they're definitely going to script him into those first couple of drives where almost everything is completely scripted. Uh, and, you know, if they start hitting on a few of those drives, it hasn't been as good as normal. Uh, if they can start hitting, bring him back, because, you know, he is going to change that plan up a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. That dynamic one, two, three punch, Breeze, Kamara, Thomas could be really, really nasty. We've seen it happen before, uh, and they played so well last year. That was when Kamara didn't have one of his legs. Like basically, you know, he couldn't have done anything what we've seen from Kamara so far. So it'll be nice to see the triumvirate back in good standing. You can call him slant boy all you want, yeah, but you cannot care. call him slant boy. If you cannot stop the slant, yeah, you- he's going to dunk on you in a slant. It doesn't matter what you call him. That's that's what I, I want to say to every single person who calls him slant boy. Just stop the slant, then you know it's coming. Stop it. They it's just stupid. can't. It's a stupid argument. It's it's so dumb. If it's just slant, stick a linebacker out there. Tell mm-hmm. him to stand right where that slant is going to start and have him pick off every pass. It's mm-hmm. easy. And it's you know not. what we've been missing from the offense? I haven't seen a single slant like that nope. ran by any other nope. wide receiver Bring yet. It back. Bring back I all mean, the slants. I don't maybe, care. Maybe Sanders <laughs> ran one once. Yeah. Or Deontay Harris ran one once, but none. I mean, that's that's such a reliable part of the offense. Uh, I, I guarantee there's 10 different kind of formations that they can run that slant in, uh, and teams just can't stop it. It's an easy way to get yardage, and not having Thomas, I mean, that plays out of the playbook. So having just, him back, that would be great. Just run a slant every single play, <laughs> every play, just to, Only just to say F on you. You know, oh yeah, if it's Apple, you can stand in one place and you'd still go up and get it over him. But that's another story. We're not ragging on X Saints players. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get blocked by uh, Annie Apple on Twitter. Yeah, true. Today. She seems or cool. Whatever. She seems I. Eli <laughs> seems I. I'm not mad. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's episode. We'll be catching you guys after the game. Hopefully, talking about a W. You can catch us on Twitter. Uh, you know where you know where at's by now. Uh, we'll we'll bark on you all you want, but you you know where to find us. Follow the Canastry Chronicles Instagram. We got a new Instagram. Go check us out. We got some nice edits on there. Show us some love. Send us some questions. We can get you guys featured in the podcast. But we'll catch you guys in the next episode again. And I'm Brennan. He's Nate. I wish you guys tune in. Who that? Who that? Let's go. Who that?